بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول کریم آباد وی ہیڈ بین ڈسکسنگ دا ایسپیکٹ آف پیوریفائنگ دا ہارٹ فرام آل دی ایول ٹریٹس اینڈ انکلکیٹنگ آل دی گڈ کوالٹیز وائل وی ہیو ٹو بی ڈوئنگ بوتھ سملٹینیسلی but the importance and the urgency of cleaning ourselves from the evil traits the base qualities this is something obvious when a person wishes to truly benefit from the ether that he is going to apply it's obvious first he'll take a bath if he hasn't taken the bath and he just applies ether it'll just be some surface benefit that he'll get for a short while but the inner stench will still odors will still then finally dominate so there isn't that kind of tartib in this that where a person first decides okay he's going to sort all this out then only he start doing the good things here the situation is that to the extent that he will start removing the evil traits there can be no vacuum it is not that a person doesn't have ikhlas also and he doesn't have riya also if he's got no riya then that means there's ikhlas it's not that he cannot be having takabbur and not having tawazu also if there's no tawazu then there's takabbur and if there's no takabbur then tawazu and humility is already there but yes this sometimes gradually comes in But to the extent that this will be worked on, to the extent that the tawazo will be worked on, the takabur will go. To the extent that the takabur is removed, the tawazo will come. So both work hand in hand. But sometimes we are neglectful of trying to remove the negative things. To acquire the positive things, our mind sometimes goes in that direction, our efforts sometimes go in that direction. But in removing the negative, sometimes we are neglectful of that. Therefore, it's very important to be conscious of these things there are many things here one of the things that is discussed here today is hasad ki bimari aur uska ilaj the malady of hasad jealousy and what is the treatment of this disease this illness of the heart as we discussed in passing several times this is a very major illness it consumes a person's good deeds burns up his good deeds and this is something that a person suffers without any benefit he just causes himself suffering without any benefit one poet arabic he says that kafa laka min hasidik annahu yaghdab inda sururik that you don't have to bother about taking any revenge from the person making hasad it is not even required to even bother about it because he already is punishing himself that every time that he sees you in a state of happiness he is burning so that's punishment already why you don't worry about not taking revenge he is already punishing himself so it's a totally baseless thing but shaitan uses this to destroy a person's deen he destroys his dunya also but shaitan uses this to destroy a person's deen so therefore it is something extremely important to be conscious about 
کسی شخص کی اچھی حالت یا کوئی نعمت ناگوار معلوم ہونا اور دل میں یہ آرزو کرنا کہ یہ نعمت اس سے زائل ہو جاوے یہ بھی بیماری خطرناک ہے disturbed about this one feels uncomfortable about this and then this desire coming in one's heart that this ni'mat this bounty whatever good this person has this must not remain with him this must go away this is a very dangerous disease is bimari se aadmi ka sukoon chhin jata hai aur dil jalta rehta hai as a result of this disease a person's peace is totally destroyed and his heart is forever in turmoil aur hadith sharif mein hai ke hasad hasid ki nekiyon ko is tarah kha jata hai jis tarah aag lakri ko kha jati hai in the hadith sharif it is narrated that hasad consumes and eats up a person's righteous deeds his good deeds his rewards just as fire burns up wood hazrat maulana shah muhammad ahmad sahab rahmatullah alai ne hasad par do sha'ir kya khoob bayan farmaya hai محمد احمد صاحب پرتاب گری رحمۃ اللہ علیہ کپلس آف ہیز ریگارڈنگ حسد کہ حسد کی آگ میں کیوں جل رہے ہو کفے افسوس تم کیوں مل رہے ہو خدا کے فیصلے سے کیوں ہو ناراض جہنم کی طرف کیوں چل رہے ہو حسد کی آگ میں کیوں جل رہے ہو وائی آر یو برننگ یور سیلف ان دس فائر آف جلسی اور کفے افسوس تم کیوں مل رہے ہو Why are you all the time expressing the sorrow that I didn't get this and I didn't get that? Why are you displeased with the decree of Allah Ta'ala? And as a result, Jahannam ki taraf kyu chal rahe ho? Why are you walking towards Jahannam in this, in this banner? Hazrat Hakim al-Ummat Thanwi Rahmatullah Alayhi Farmate hai ke kisi dost ya dushman ke zawale ni'mat se agar andar se dil khush ho to agar che bazahir is se izhaar afsos bhi kya jawe اور چونکہ اندر کی خوشی غیر اختیاری ہونے سے گناہ بھی نہیں لیکن یہ حالت نقص کی علامت ہے being removed getting destroyed something happened some accident took place some uh, illness came whatever it is the bounty of health went away or the bounty of that uh, wealth went away whatever the case is so whether it was a friend whether it was an enemy and as a result of this happening to the person he is a muslim he is a believer but he now this something befell him So if you are feeling happy over, over this, if there's some happiness comes in the heart, then even if a person, he expresses regret over having felt happy, and because this initial feeling is something not in his control, so therefore this won't be a sin, but even this is a deficiency, this is also a problem. Otherwise what is being said is, that now a person has had a problem with somebody sometimes, it happens often, something happened there was some maybe altercation there was some uh problem between the two people now the one person suffered some loss whatever happened 
he met in an accident or something got stolen of his, something broke. So now the other person when he heard about it, so initial reaction in his heart and mind was something of some happiness came in his heart. That whatever happened now, this fellow deserved it. So though this might have been that initial involuntary reaction, if it is, now just, he didn't deliberately bring this thought. It came in involuntarily. He felt some happiness over the next person's loss. So because this came in involuntarily, this was a waswasa from shaitan. So he is not, that is not a sin. He won't be accountable for that involuntary thought up to that point. But even this is a deficiency in him. Even this is a problem. This is not something that is a sign of an achievement of any sort. This is a problem. Iska ilaj kare. So therefore this too has to be treated. This involuntary thought, if this is not treated, then the second time too will come that, that more stronger. And the third time will start taking root in the heart. And then first it was involuntary, but now it's taken root. Now when it's taken root, now he will start deliberately thinking further about it. And wishing and hoping that something further happens. So then he would really become sinful as a result. So iska ilaj batakalluf kare. Is tarah is shaks keliye khub dua kya kare. Bakasrat isa karne se inshallah ta'ala ya naqz zail ho jawega. So now he has to treat this. How does he treat it? So he treats it. The treatment of it is that keep making a lot of dua for the person. Hasad, jealousy is the wishing that somebody else's ni'mat, his bounty, the favor Allah has blessed him with, must be removed from him. Now he starts making dua, Ya Allah give him more barakat in it. Ya Allah increase that bounty. Ya Allah give him even other bounties as well. So when he is now making dua earnestly, sincerely, nobody else knows he's even making dua from his heart, he's making dua for the person. Then this dua now will eliminate the negative thoughts. It cannot be that a person is thinking good and wishing well for him and at the same time he's wishing evil for him. It can't happen. When he's turned his heart towards dua for him and he's sincerely making dua for him to be increased in his bounties and ni'mads, then automatically this negative feeling and negative thoughts will disappear. Hasad ka ilaj ye hai ke jis shaks par hasad ho, number ek is se salam mein sabqad kare. Hasad, among the various remedies of hasad and jealousy is the following. Number one, be the first to make salam with the person. Always initiate the salam. The salam is outwardly a very very simple thing and it is not given so much of uh, importance as such that importance in the sense one is that those who are conscious of it will make salam. Unfortunately, this too is something dying. In children, in younger people, there are many, many people who come up with this complaint, teachers in schools, Muslim schools, even wherever else, say, but Nowadays the children have forgotten how to greet, make salam. They will pass by an elder, pass by a senior person and without any salam. And this is one of the first teachings of deen. 
When Nabi Wasallam came to Medina Munawwara, so he had just come, this is the first sort of entry into Medina Munawwara, and now the Ansar came, they received him, Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu ta'ala an, he heard about it, Nabi Wasallam has arrived, so he rushed, and he says that the first thing I heard Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as he was addressing the gathering as I came, the first thing, or the first lesson he's getting, the first lesson, Afshus Salam, wa at'imut ta'am, wa silul arham, wa sallu bil-layl wa nasun niyam, tadkhulul jannata bi salam. And the Sahabi narrating it also with Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu. This is the first thing I heard from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now this is the entry of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Madinah Munawwara. He's imparting the first lessons. And in the first lesson is Afshus Salam. Make Salam common. One is make Salam. But Afshus Salam. Make Salam common. That if to the extent what has been explained in the Hadith Sharif, that if two people are walking, so now they met each other, they made Salam, now they're walking together, they're going somewhere. And En route, something comes in between them. Some tree came in between. Some wall came in between. One went on one end, one on the other end. And now they walked along. And after a short while now, they got together again. Make salam again. To that extent, this has been emphasized. The Quran Sharif emphasized it. That you enter your homes, make salam. And the Quran says, فَسَلِّمُوا ala anfusikum." Make salam upon yourself. In other words, you will yourself benefit out of this. So in any case, the salam is a very, very important thing. And the salam has so many deep effects about it. This is where we were now discussing. In the Hadith Sharif, for example, Nabi Islam says, أَلْبَادِئُ بِالسَّلَامِ بَرِئُمْ مِنَ الْكِبْرِ That's another major cancer, that's an atom bomb in a person. The atom bomb of pride. Now such a major cancer, such a major disaster in a person's pride, when Nabi Wasallam says that the person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed, he cannot enter Jannat. Until that is then cleaned out in the fire of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala forbid. So such a major thing, that on the one hand, this hadith is saying that with the extent of a mustard seed of pride also, he won't enter Jannat. Now something of that nature, something that is that serious, something that is that dangerous, the treatment of that would be something of that nature also. A person has a small flu, then he takes a little tablet or something, that's fine. But if it is more than that, then that tablet won't be good enough, he'll have to go for an injection. If it's more than that, then it is surgery. So now this would something be something that on the surgery level. But what is the ilaj Nabi Salaam is explaining? Obviously this is not to confine it to this. But this is the first level of ilaj. And it sometimes will do the trick completely too. Nabi Salaam is saying, Al-Badi Salam, Bari Ummin Al-Kibr. That the person who initiates Salam, person who initiates Salam, he will become free of pride. Bari Umm min al-Kibr actually literally translated means he is free of pride. Which doesn't mean necessarily the person made salam once, so he now can make a claim that I am free of pride. 
But if he continues with this, this will become the ilaj. This will clean him of every bit of pride. Now, these two things don't seem to correlate outwardly. Such a major disaster like pride and salam, initiating salam will cure it. So it's difficult to understand outwardly. The first part of it is that we shouldn't be bothered about getting into the analysis of it and how and why. What is established from Rasulullah We accept it wholeheartedly, without any reservation, without trying to find out what's the reasonings behind it. We're not obliged to know the reasonings. On the day of Qiyamah we won't be asked, did you know the reasoning behind it? Did you know why this was the command? We are obliged to know what is the command. We are obliged to know what we are supposed to do. When we start getting into the realm of things beyond our capacity, that is where we start falling into major problems. Those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with that deeper knowledge, they will understand it. There's complete kitabs written on it. Hujjatullah al-Baligha, Hazrat Shah Waliullah has written a major kitab and its commentaries have been written in volumes of all the various wisdoms behind the commands of deen, behind the aspects of shariat, each aspect of shariat, what is these wisdoms? And that too will be something to the extent of a person's knowledge and his depth. Otherwise those wisdoms also are beyond that. It's far beyond that. But to the extent Allah Ta'ala opens out to the true, to the people of true knowledge, so he's written complete books on this. But in any case, that is not for the rest of us. That we start delving into these things. When a person starts delving into things which is beyond his capacity, he will end up in major problems. A person goes to the doctor, so the doctor gives him some medication. Now he wants to know, but how does this medication work? What are the ingredients in this? What is the uh, ingredient that is the active ingredient in it? But won't this active ingredient have any other issues? Doctor will tell him, bye, if you want to take it, you take it. Otherwise, carry on from here. Are you the doctor? Then treat yourself. If you are the doctor, then treat yourself. You don't have to bother about coming here. But if you are not the doctor, then you'll have to accept what the doctor is saying. So the doctors who have the in-depth knowledge of deen, they have already codified it, explained it. They have... This has gone through the centuries of being scrutinized. The Imams of fiqh, they didn't something just dropped out of the some tree yesterday. It has come down through the centuries being scrutinized. Imam Abu Hanifa was born in 85 Hijri. Barely about 72 years after Nabi Salaam left the world, he already was born. Imam Malik in 95 Hijri. These people weren't somebody who just came in and out of the blue they decided to just take out anything from their pockets. So what was in the Quran and Sunnah, they explained and codified it. And it came through centuries of scrutiny. Now somebody who can't see, who's blind to the realities and he says, no, I can't work out what's going on here. So then just keep your eyes closed and listen to somebody who got eyes. But now you're going to insist on seeing despite your blindness. You're going to insist on understanding in-depth reasonings despite your ignorance. So then the end result is obvious. That child who hasn't yet learned how to uh, 
add and subtract. And now he's seeing one trigonometry problem. And he's saying, but this doesn't make sense. How can two, uh, one algebra problem or something, this 2x and times 5y is equal to 7z. What's all this? I have no idea. This is all doesn't make sense to me. So it doesn't make sense to you because you're still ignorant of it. But the person who has the understanding of it, it makes complete sense to him. So the thing is that what we were talking about is, where we diverted from, is that outwardly these two things don't seem to correlate. But that is not our issue in any case, that we have to try and find out how it correlates. We have to submit to what Nabi Islam has taught us, and inshallah we'll get the benefit of it. So now this Hadith Sharif is saying, The person who will initiate Salam, he'll become free of pride. But now to understand this, take a particular situation. Something has happened between two people. There's some now bad blood. They are now avoiding one another. Don't want to, some days have passed, weeks have passed. They are not talking to one another. Now it happened by chance. One person entered one passage, long passage. No? So he entered one passage and now he's about maybe 10 meters in. And the other person now already started walking in from the other side. Now, what does one do? Does one have the heart now to make salam? Sometimes it might happen that that person who suddenly saw this person is already coming in my direction, he'll just remember at that time that he forgot something, he has to take a U-turn. He'll shuffle something in his pocket and realize, make himself realize that he forgot something. And he'll take a U-turn just in order to avoid crossing the person and making salam to him. Because now if he'll pass him, so he says, now I got my beard, a kurta, and I don't make salam, and say, what kind of fellow this fellow is? So now I'll have to make salam, so rather I don't even cross him. So the easy thing is now, I'll just remember that I forgot something. So why? But now at that time, the person suppresses all those feelings. And he makes that salam, he initiates that salam. That one salam, then see what it does to the heart. How it will break that feeling of pride. Because it's that pride now that's in the way, the pride is the barrier. But now when he made that salam, despite not wanting to, so generally also, that salam, initiating that salam is doing his job. But it's not always that a person will feel something happening. But he's doing his job, like that drip. He's doing his job. But the person can't just tell you now, okay, I was so weak, I can't do it, couldn't do anything, but I can feel now that drip has now brought some energy in my feet and my legs and now my hands. But after five hours, that drip has now done his job. He couldn't even sit up, now he's walking. So in time, it will show its full benefit. But the benefit is happening. Like that same example of that tank, it's filling up. In time it will flow out also. So the point is that the salam just as it has this effect in removing pride. Likewise, this is the ilaj of hasad. That a person feels these negative feelings against somebody. With shaitan, this is shaitan's job. So shaitan will whisper this. But now the treatment of that is necessary. Though that initial involuntary thought, a person is not accountable for that. Because that was not something of his choice. Shaitan whispered a waswasa. But if he doesn't treat that, he doesn't dispel that, 
Then first, second time, third time, he'll start taking root. When he starts taking root, then he'll start deliberately getting further into it. So what is the way of treating that? Number one, is says, Salam mes sabqad kare. That a person now initiates Salam. He is the first to make Salam. Number two, Safar par jawe to usse mulaqat karke jawe. He's going on a journey somewhere. Go and greet the person. I'm going somewhere, make dua for me. Now when there are negative feelings in the heart, he won't be inclined to do it. But this is where the mujahada is. That he now suppresses those in, that disinclination. And he forces himself to do these things. Forces himself to initiate the salam. Forces himself to go and meet the person. Safar se aave to uske liye koi hadiya lawe. Kha mukhtasar rakam ka ho. And he returns from his journey, bring some small hadiya for him. Even if it's a small thing. Bring some small hadiya for him. Kabi kabi nashta ki dawat kar de. Once in a while, invite him to some tea or something. Apni majlis mein uski tarif kare. In one's own circles. Among one's friends, etc., in his absence, praise him. He's not present. In his absence, praise him. Now, that's a very difficult thing. Because when there is some negative feeling against somebody, then he wants to find some opportunities to run him down. That is the thing Shaitan will keep whispering. He's trying to find opportunities to run him down. And here he's being told, in the person's absence, praise him. Otherwise, on his face he'll praise him. MashaAllah, like you, there's nobody around. And then in his absence, he'll explain that. There's nobody around like that person, meaning as bad as him. So, now to truly praise him, not to run him down, but to praise him in his absence. Number che, iske liye khub dua kya kare. And then make a lot of dua for him. And this is the most effective thing actually. This is the most effective thing because now he's begging Allah Ta'ala for that person's good. Other than that, he can still be doing it half-heartedly or whatever, doing it in a way that he's not genuine about it. But now this is between him and Allah Ta'ala. And he's asking Allah Ta'ala to grant the person even more barakat in that. To give him an increase in that favor. So this is something that cannot then, will not allow those negative thoughts, those negative feelings to remain. Number seven, iski koi burai kare to sakti se mana kar de. Or ghibat sunane or sunne dono ke haram hone ka masla usko bata de. If somebody else starts talking ill of him, then stop the person firmly. And then explain immediately that to listen to ghibat, to make ghibat both is totally haram. So let us not get into this. Now when a person has these negative feelings about somebody, and he hears somebody else speaking ill of him, then this will get even more fuel. This will now become even more intense. Because now he's getting happy about it. Somebody else is running him down. So at that time to become the defense on behalf of his fellow Muslim. So these are the things to be done. Otherwise, when this takes root, it becomes a major problem. One person, he, maybe this is just a story for the moral, Allah knows best how genuine the story is. Some of these things are for the moral. This person went on, suffered for a long time. So before he left, told his wife, look, whatever it is, I might not be around for a long time. But if you have any difficulty, any hardship or something, then just make dua, inshallah, Allah will open the way. 
He was gone for so long and now she was in a really difficult situation. She's making dua also, but things are still carrying on like that. Eventually somebody told her, there's some big buzruk passing here. Why don't get him to make dua for you? So she came, she asked, make dua for me. So he said, look, there's one part of this, that whatever dua I make for you, others will get double. So I'll make dua for you, but others will get double what I ask for you. He said, no problem, what's in there? Others get double, I get what I need. So any case, made dua for her. So time came, everything opened out for her, others got double. So sometime later, her husband came back. So he came, he saw everything has changed, things are very, everybody is very prosperous, what has happened? So finally he came home, he said, everything has changed, this is something very ajib. Everybody is now far beyond what we have. So she gave the whole incident, well this Buzrug was passing and I requested dua. He said, well you can go ahead and you can make the dua too, I'll make dua also. But whatever dua you make, then you'll get that too and others will get double that. So now he heard this, now we got so much and others got double. So now he said, he started making dua, Ya Allah break my one hand, break my one leg. Thinking now that if I make this one dua, one, my one hand gets broken, others both hands will get broken. Now this is... The hasad. That I'm, doesn't matter my one hand goes, but if it will mean somebody else's two hands go, then that will make me happy, nawazubillah. So this is how, this is maybe just as I said a story, just for the moral, but in various ways this is how hasad works, and how it destroys a person, destroys his deen, destroys his dunya, his peace is gone, because now he's forever in this turmoil. And when a person, his heart is clean, clear, he's happy for everybody. Then when he's happy for everybody, this is all like a, it rebounds. What he throws, comes back at him. So when he throws happiness, so to say, when he's giving off happiness, he's happy for everybody. This reflects back on his heart. He becomes happier than them. Because he's seeing everybody happy and he's happy for everybody. So every time we see somebody happy, he's getting happier. And when he's grieved at other people's happiness, so his grief will keep increasing. And they will still be as they are. They're not going to change their situation. But his grief will keep increasing. So what a foolish thing this is. But shaitan starts using these kind of things to destroy a person's deen. And destroy his dunya also. So that is shaitan's full time job. Inshallah, chand din is tariq par amal karne se ye bimari shifa pa jati hai. By acting on this for a few days, then inshallah, one's heart will be cured of this illness. And rather than feeling jealous over him and feeling this heart burning over him, one will find inside his heart that there is now love for the person. And then like a rose petal, like a rose flower, which is a very light flower, one will find his heart like a rose. Very light. This is the thing, Hazrat Luqman wasalam, he gave his son many advices. Normally once a month, I mean once in the etikaf, we normally discuss these advices because it's all comprehensive. There's so many things in there. Maybe inshallah Allah Ta'ala willing will still have one or two days. Maybe some are making dua only for one day. Allah Ta'ala knows best whether it's two days or one day. Not meaning to damper somebody's spirits if they're wishing for one day, but according to some, the likelihood of 30 days is more. 
So whatever Allah Ta'ala wills. So in any case, the point was that one of those advices that he gave, one of the things that he said was that don't remember your favors to others. Don't remember your favors to others. You did that favor, you did it for Allah Ta'ala. You did it for Allah Ta'ala, you got your reward from Allah Ta'ala. You didn't do it for him. You did it to him for Allah Ta'ala. So when you did it for Allah Ta'ala, you got your reward, forget about it. Otherwise, you're going to destroy that reward also. Allah Ta'ala says, don't destroy your sadaqat, your charities, charity in a monetary form, even that physical help you gave somebody, all this is included in this. Don't destroy it by giving reminders. So forget reminding, don't remember it also. It's human nature, it'll be there somewhere at the back of the mind, but forget about it. So that's the first part. And the second part he said was, and don't remember people's ill-treatment towards you. Don't remember people's ill-treatment towards you. Because this is just grief for free. Totally no benefit in it. For that moment is normal, it's human nature that a person was hurt. Somebody did something to him, said something to him. It's human nature. We are not made of steel and concrete or something. We are not a wall on the side of the house or something. Zinsan, Zinsan is made of emotions. So it's only human nature that when something has happened, he'll feel the hurt. He'll feel pained. He'll feel disturbed. He might have even been moved to tears. Maybe he lost his sleep for the night. All these things are possible and all this is part of human nature. Depending on the severity of the situation, maybe sometimes two, three days we came out in that. But then time passes. Now that initial pain and hurt also, with time, time is the healer. That initial pain, that initial hurt, that initial emotions, all that will then fade away, person will then carry on. But then too, Consciously remember this. Every time now, once in a while the person is thinking of it, but how and why did this person do this to me? Every time he sees him, so now he's still harboring that. Every time some opportunity comes, he's still talking about it. So this is grief for free. That initial reaction is human nature. But now this is baggage he's carrying. And this baggage is weight on his head. Now he had some issue with one person, so now he's still carrying that baggage and walking around. And then he had an issue with a second person. That person's problem, his fault, accepted, not your fault. But now he's carrying that one day, two days passed, five days passed. Now that issue is over, but now he's still carrying the baggage. So there's two bags on his head now. Then after a while, there's a third bag on the head. Now who's suffering under the weight of this baggage? That person who, normally it happens, unfortunately this is the case, that the person who did the damage, the person who did the wrong, he forgets about it very quickly, what he did. He carries on like nothing happened. He doesn't even remember I did anything. So he is carrying on hail and hearty. Who did the wrong is carrying on hail and hearty. And the victim, so now he is carrying on walking under the weight of this baggage. Whose benefit is it? And whose loss is it? Nobody's benefit and only your loss. 
So why carry that baggage? Why walk around under that weight? Remove it. Ya Allah, whatever has happened, I made sabr for your pleasure. Ya Allah, you rewarded me for it, inshallah. I'm hopeful in your reward. But I've forgiven, my heart is cleaned out for your pleasure. And when a person empties his heart out, he is the first one to benefit out of this. This is part of that restraining of that anger. That hadith sharif that we discussed last night, man kadama ghaylan wa huwa qadirun ala infadihi. The person who restrains his anger, when he can give vent to it, he is in a position to be able to give vent to it. It is not that, like, Allah used to give the example always, that this is anger is a very, very intelligent thing. It's a very, very intelligent thing in the sense that, when the person, on the one hand, if it is his wife now, it is somebody who is his junior, somebody who he has the authority over, then he says, I just lost it. No, I, I can't control it, I just lost it. Went off the rails. And now that same person who, he says, I just cannot control my anger. You know, when somebody tramps my toes, I just go off the rails. And I just lose it. Now he just finished making all these big, big statements about how he just cannot control himself. Somebody tramps his toes, he just loses it. And a few minutes later, one six-footer came and tramped his toes literally. So now he didn't lose it at all because he looked at it, what the situation is and now all the intelligence came away. That if I lose it now, I'll be a lost case. They'll forget me, my name will be gone from the registers. I'll be six feet down. So now he's so intelligent to keep control over himself. So this anger is, this is all just the excuses of nafs. The anger is so intelligent. That it knows where to keep its control. So in any case, the issue here is, we're talking about the person who restrains his anger, when he can give vent to it. Mala Allahu qalbahu amnan wa imana. Nabi Islam is saying, Allah Ta'ala fills his heart with amn. Aman means peace. That this is if this peace will come in his heart, he'll feel his whole weight going away. Like a person is in fear. A person is in fear, he's, in, he's on the edge. Now supposing he's afraid that somebody is lurking in the house. So his heart is thumping. Because he's now in this fear. But now somebody else came or he went, he checked out everything. No, no, it was one, some mouse was running around. So now that he realized that there's no need to fear. So that sense of relief. His heart was thudding all this while. And now suddenly when he realized there's nothing to fear about, it was all just small thing. So now there's suddenly a sense of relief, he's just breathing, just letting, exhaling, and he's now suddenly smiling. So this type of condition, where one moment he was in a totally different situation, and now he's feeling the sense of relief, that is what he will have, Allah Ta'ala will put in that heart, that first he was in this condition, where he was carrying all this baggage. And as a result, there was this turmoil in his heart. Every now and again, this was, though after a while a person doesn't detect that this is happening all the time, but it keeps surfacing in other things. It keeps raising its head in different situations. And often the person can't even pinpoint where is this coming from. But this is that baggage. Because this is creating a certain turmoil inside. 
So now, the little things also become big irritants. Small things also start irritating a person in a major way. Because the person is in turmoil. And when now he's cleared his heart out, and the sense of relief has come, so now he can handle things. This is a common story, a person is in pain, something is, whatever the case is, he's not well, he's sick, he's in pain, he's got a headache, he's got a headache and somebody is sitting there and just tapping something. That becomes a major thing for him, he can't take it, he can't tolerate it. Now the person is just tapping very, very lightly, he's maybe knocking on some small thing, he's not making a sound bigger than that too. But this person can't tolerate it, why? Not because that sound is a problem in itself, but because of his current condition, that sound is not tolerable. So the problem is actually within him. Fine, it's, he's not well, he's ill, so that's not in his control, but that it is his condition that has made that tapping intolerable. The tapping itself is not intolerable. But when that headache went away, now he's sleeping comfortably, somebody is knocking a hammer also, he didn't hear it. Because his own condition is positive now. So when he himself is in a positive situation, his heart is in a state of relief. His heart is light. He's not carrying baggage. There isn't the reasons for the irritations. Then somebody is saying something major also. Somebody is swearing something. Somebody is passing some comments. Somebody is saying some other things. But this is that hammer is being knocked through, but he is in a positive note. So he carries on like nothing happened. He's human, he'll feel, he'll hear that sound somewhere. In the background somewhere he can hear it. But he can just move on with life like nothing happened. But if he's got that headache within him, then the tapping also becomes too much. Then sometimes, somebody didn't say some, said something with the right motive. But maybe the wording was a little bit ambiguous. So his mind will run to all the negative possibilities. That same badgumani that we discussed. Now his mind will run in that badgumani. So all this is actually a reflection of what is the person's own heart. Not that what the, somebody else did was right. But what is his capacity of taking it? Like they say there is a threshold of pain. Everybody's pain threshold is different. One dentist was one day mentioning that people come, so some person can take it very easily. Now a person is, has to go for a filling or something, so now he do some whatever procedures. So some person can take it very easily. And some person only still sees that needle coming and he's already parashan. He's already, half his life came out really just seeing that needle coming close to him. Now this is every person's threshold is different. Now, Maybe this person has had some insecurities, some fears, he had some bad experience with some injection, some needle previously, so that is in him now. So now because of that experience that has happened previously, which he didn't get out of his system, now merely seeing that needle is already, he is sweating already. I remember years, this might have been many, many years ago, one relative, he was young at the time, maybe about 10, 11 years old, he probably, Allah Alam, at that age, normally a child also at that age can handle it. But if this fellow saw that he had to go to a doctor sometimes, and he knew now this injection is coming, 
Even three, four people couldn't hold him down. It was like a whole team had to keep him in place for them to be able to, the doctor to inject him. Now, whatever the story is, but he, that, that Josh would come in him at that time, the three, four people can't hold him down. Because of that severe fear that had come into him, whatever the reasons were, whatever the background was. So now all this is actually inside the person. Now some other child of that age, somebody younger than that too, he's also not happy about it, he's also crying. But he's taking his stride. So what's the difference? The difference is internal. Externally it's the same thing, but the difference is internal. So the point is here, that we have to keep our internal self light. Keep our heart light. Dunya is dunya. Things will carry on. Today is something, tomorrow is something else. But a person who sails on the surface of the water, doesn't allow the water to come in. So he'll also feel wet. Water is going to touch the boat. The boat is going to sail on the water. But as long as there's no water coming in the boat, it won't sink. But when he keeps taking in water, then he's dangerous. Then he's going to sink. So dunya is dunya, dunya we are going to live in. But when a person keeps himself light, and the very, very easy way of keeping oneself light, one is people of dunya. So people of dunya, it's very difficult to keep things light. But a person who has taken deen to his heart, and he knows that this dunya is not the be all and end all. There's something coming after dunya. That I made sabr on this, it didn't just fizzle out in the air and forgotten. No, Allah Ta'ala has rewarded me for this. And there's much more to come in akhirat. Dunya also will come. And it will come in akhirat as well. Like the common example that we often give for this. And we might have discussed previously, that if somebody comes and he suddenly slaps a person. Hard slap he gives him. Leaves a five finger mark on his face. What would be the initial reaction? How is the person going to react? But before he reacted, this person put the 10,000 rands down. This was for slapping you. So he might say, I got another cheek also. <laughs> because if one slap brought 10,000, the other one will bring another 10,000, 20,000 for two slaps worth the while. So now, how that whole thing became tolerable? Forget tolerable, he's asking for more. So what made him suddenly now so comfortable about it? And then on top of that, he's thanking him too. <laughs> so why this? So this is because of that monetary benefit in exchange of that pain. That material benefit. Whereas that material benefit is short-lived. So far beyond all that material benefit that a person can get, is the benefit that Allah Ta'ala blesses him. And this is only one part of the hadith still. Allah Ta'ala fills his heart with aman wa imana. Allah Ta'ala will bless him with the sweetness of iman, with the strength of iman. On what? On restraining anger. So now this is not a one-way traffic. But the person who has his gaze on that 10,000, he is offering his other cheek. The person who has his gaze on the rewards of Allah Ta'ala, He's got yaqeen and conviction Allah Ta'ala is going to reward me with this. Then it becomes very easy for him to sail through these issues of life. He's also insan. It's not that he will, he's like a wall or some concrete pillar or something that everything will just bounce off. His heart gets affected too. His heart will also feel some things. But when he focuses on that 10,000 rands, then all those feelings disappear.
Here he focuses on the akhirat, focuses on the rewards of Allah Ta'ala, focuses on what Allah Ta'ala will bless him with. He'll be blessed with the ma'iyat of Allah Ta'ala. Inna Allaha ma'as sabirin. Allah Ta'ala is with the patient. And his quest and entire effort is how I can become Allah Ta'ala's. And Allah can become mine. So now by means of this sabr, if I get Allah Ta'ala, what more I want? So now when he's focusing on this, then after the event, for that moment, he will feel something, but after the event, he is feeling happy about it. Not that he's feeling happy that I was abused and I was this, but he's feeling happy of what he gained in return due to the sabr Allah Ta'ala gave him the tawfiq of. So the thing is that this is, this dunya is dunya, we've got to live light in this dunya. Unnecessarily carrying baggage and walking around, this is only something that is detrimental to ourselves, doesn't hurt anybody else, it doesn't benefit us, doesn't benefit anybody else, but we are the ones who benefit by keeping ourselves light.